Hey, before we get started, I want to remind you that Truce is listener-supported. If you want to be a part of this one-of-a-kind show that asks big questions in an approachable way, become a patron. For just $5 a month, you can help me tell big stories like this upcoming season on the history of fundamentalism. And you'll get access to bonus materials. That's all at patreon.com slash trucepodcast. That's patreon.com slash trucepodcast. Hello, dear listeners. We're at the end of season three, which has been an exploration of how the rise of communism in Russia impacted the American Christian church. As part of that, I'm presenting a series of mini-episodes to highlight themes from this season. This is Takeaway 4, Complexity is Cool. I've had a hard time getting this story out of my head. This thing happened to me a few years ago. I was in Los Angeles in 2019 at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention. Okay, here it is, National Religious Broadcasters Convention. Uh, I... Little boy from Wyoming here, covering this stuff. I went to the convention to promote this show, walk around, make some connections, try to sound more important than I was. I had my microphone, paper, and pen, a bag full of free swag. I got lots of pens on that trip. I really like getting pens at conferences, I don't know why. And somehow, I booked an interview. I'm usually asleep before we take off. (laughs) It's a gift. It is. I can sleep anywhere. In this big conference room with the air conditioning running. Would you be able to, just so I can get my levels adjusted, maybe just let me know what you had for breakfast this morning? Oh, um... They were literally taking down the conference while we talked. This was the last thing either of us did at the conference that year. I had um, eggs and bacon and orange juice and yogurt. I was there with Dr. Richard Land. Uh, I'm Dr. Richard Land. I'm the president of Southern Evangelical Seminary in Charlotte, North Carolina, and the host of Bringing Every Thought Captive. A daily radio show that tries to mix Christian thought with decidedly conservative politics. Full disclosure, I didn't know exactly who he was at the time. His nickname from Time Magazine was God's Lobbyist. He had a lot of influence in the Reagan, Bush, and Trump administrations. He's been on shows like Meet the Press. He's a big guy. I had already interviewed like a dozen other people, and I was tired. I hadn't had time to prepare. Sometimes you just have to march into a situation and see what kind of tape you get. This is the conversation that haunts me. More for the stuff that I didn't get on tape than the stuff that I did. I thought maybe he and I would spend most of our time talking about his role with President Trump and the Faith Advisory Committee. At the time, I had hopes of interviewing a bunch of people on the Advisory Council. But Dr. Land was the only one I could get in touch with. Well, uh, Dr. Land, um, I understand you're on the uh, President's Faith Advisory Board. Yes. Uh, what, is, what is that experience like? Um, I think we, we hear a lot about it in the news. We don't really know what it looks like on the ground. Uh, what is that like? Well, it's been extraordinary. Um, they called me after Mr. Trump, it was clear he's going to be the nominee for the Republican Party. And they asked me if I'd be willing to join this Evangelical Spiritual Advisory Board. And I said, well, now you do understand that that he was my last choice in the primaries. He still got in anyway, advising the then president. We talked for a while, the conversation... And so uh, they said, well, what's your first piece of advice? Took a lot of turns. 
He brought up Vice President Mike Pence. To Mr. Trump, I said, pick Mike Pence. Now, what is it about Mike Pence that, uh, that you like, that, you, that made you want to recommend well, him? He also mentioned the Johnson Amendment, so I had to ask him about that. Uh, speaking of the Johnson Amendment, uh, what is it about the Johnson Amendment that you, you would like to, why, why would you like to have it uh, repealed? And you can tell I was getting nervous. Would there be a better way to do that? Because I think one of the concerns that a lot of people have had about uh, removing the Johnson Amendment is that then uh, wealthy donors would be able to funnel money into political candidates uh, through the church. Well, that would depend on the church. You know, not unless the church lets them. So we started discussing the Johnson Amendment. So there, you would rather there, there be no regulation on that at all? Uh, to I try don't to think the government should be threatening to take away the tax exemption of a church for decisions a church makes. And then it took a swing into abortion. Someone's going to speak up for unborn life. Someone's going to speak up for freedom of religion. And a whole bunch of other things. And free expression in the public square. Someone's going to defend Israel. Now, mind you, I was a new reporter at this point, and I was in way over my head. I mean, you know how this show goes by now. Usually, we cover one topic at a time. In that one breath, he dropped a whole bunch of nuggets all at once. My rookie mistake is that I chased those topics. Yeah, we went back to the Faith Advisory Council, but then... Why should Christians support Israel? Well, for starters, it's the only um, representative democracy in the Middle East. Israel? Oh no! How did we get on Israel? I believe that the Bible tells us that God blesses those who bless the Jews, Genesis chapter 12. It's a rough interview. I didn't do a great job of keeping things focused. He flashed a shiny object, and I went after it. Not my best moment. Then it was over. At least, I stopped recording, thus violating one of the key laws of journalism. Always be recording. Dr. Land had been gracious to me. He didn't have to talk to the guy with a podcast that nobody had ever heard of. And I stumbled my way through. No surprise, maybe, because this was my first interview with someone I didn't fully agree with. While I wrapped up the audio gear, Dr. Land said something I don't know that I'll ever forget. He wasn't unkind, he wasn't, but he'd heard how unsure my voice was. He'd seen how troubled I was by being handed the party line. And he said that the reason my generation is so confused, so upset with the way the world works now, is that we refuse to see things as black and white. Binary. That there are good guys and there are bad guys. Yes, the Republican Party is not perfect, but they are the party that protects unborn babies, prayer in school, and Israel. Support Republicans because, otherwise, babies die. I played that painful string of audio to illustrate something. What you heard is basically Christian media in a nutshell, sped up. Fear, talking points, support this, don't support that. You don't need to understand the issues, just get outraged and let the adults handle the politics. I want to disagree with Dr. Land, publicly. Again, he was super kind in giving me the interview. It's his job, his style, to give the company line. It's what his audience expects. But I disagree with him. I think one of the greatest things about my generation is that we don't trust the company line. We are willing to see the world as complex. I think this gets to the core of why so many young people are leaving the church. 
We are constantly asking people to follow a company line rather than to think deeply. If this season has taught me anything, it's that the world is complicated. Yes, the United States historically meant a lot to the world as a beacon of freedom and economic opportunity, but it's also a country caught up in empire, war, racism, and more. To call it simply a righteous nation is to be too narrow. We can't just ignore the reality that it is a complex country filled with complex people who have complex motives and use complex systems. Yes, communism led to the death of millions, but so has capitalism. Christian missions are a great thing, but they can be manipulated to take advantage of those being evangelized. Public expressions of religion are a part of our heritage, but they don't have the power to save people. The modern church is seeing the fallout from decades of towing the party line. Many people I've met in person or on the internet have expressed this same question. How can I believe in a God who is so tied to one political party, to one economic system? How do I trust in a savior whose name has been dragged through the mud by wars, corrupt media organizations, priests who molest children? The answer is unpleasant, but empowering. Embrace complexity. It is possible for Christianity and the Bible to be used for evil. It has been ever since the Roman Emperor Nero blamed Christians for burning Rome, and it will continue to be until the end of the world. The Bible itself is complicated. It's full of push and pull. Yes, there are tons of clear commands. Lots and lots and lots of things are clear. But it's got a lot of nuance as well. God is perfect and his people are not. We're told to live upright, righteous lives, but we're all going to stumble. So when a Christian does something dumb, should we be surprised? Not really, because we're all sinners. But that takes some 3D thinking. We're told to love our neighbors, not to judge others. But 1 Corinthians 5 tells us to expel wicked people from the church. How can we do that without judging? It's complicated. Jesus is both God and man, which is complex. We're called to baptize, but there are different ideas about what that looks like. We're told to be vigilant for the end times, but the book that talks the most about the end times is super confusing. The Bible, Christianity, and the world are complex. Maybe it's time to admit that our one-sentence explanations are often insufficient. To live in this modern world, you and I have to be able to separate the truth about Jesus and the Bible from our culture, from whatever country you live in, whatever political party you follow, and whatever economic model you like. Please note, I am not saying you can just toss out whatever parts of the Bible you disagree with. It has clear moral commands and a clear one-way strategy for salvation. It would be foolish to ignore that. I'm saying that it's time for us to understand that just because people use the Bible for ill, it does not negate the goodness of God's word. And that understanding takes real effort. If you're struggling with your faith, do the hard work required. Read the Bible for yourself and see what it really says. Yes, leaders on both sides of the aisle use their faith to get their way. 
doesn't mean the Bible is wrong, it just means that those people are manipulators. And they are far from the first people to do it. Napoleon did it. Atheistic communists used the Bible to mock Christianity and get their way. Hitler called favor by whipping up support through churches. Just about every American president has played the religion card. Buddhists in Myanmar recently killed Christians and Muslims. Muslims killed Christians during the Crusades, and we killed Muslims at the same time. Does that make religion inherently evil? No, but it takes time and understanding to suss that out. Are we to care for the poor? Yes. Do some people take advantage of charity? Yes. Is it okay to be a grateful citizen of a country and still critique the actions of that country? Yes. Some pastors and priests have been accused of sexual immorality. Does that mean we get rid of the clergy? No. Some churches are racist or cold-hearted. Does that mean we stop going to church? No. The Bible disagrees with things that pop culture tells us are okay. Does that mean the Bible is wrong? No. I disagree with Dr. Land. Our generation is not wishy-washy. I believe in our generation's ability to dive deeper, learn from the past, and, and stay true to scripture. Which is why season three takeaway number four is complexity is cool. I've got some more mini episodes coming your way soon, and I'd love to hear what you think about complex thinking in the church. Send me your comments on social media at at trucepodcast or write comments on the website at trucepodcast.com or email me at trucepodcast at yahoo.com. Once on the website, you can learn more about my movies, Bringing Up Bobby and Between the Walls, and my novel, Cradle Robber. Also, I want to be honest about something really quick. I played a clip from Dr. Land in an episode about censorship two years ago. I should never have done it because his ministry is pushing a company line. It's not about whether or not I believe in that company line, but more that I should not have given him any airtime without qualifying his statements. I did it, in all honesty, in hopes it would boost my download numbers. And no surprise, it didn't. It was a rookie mistake, and I'm sorry. The same episode featured an interview with Abby Johnson, who has gone on to spread conspiracy theories on social media. There is no way I could have foreseen that, but I just wanted to take a moment and acknowledge it. This is a one-man show, and I'm learning as I go. I hope you are too. Thanks for listening. I'm Chris Sterren, and this is Truce.